Good morning. I am not Pastor Jeff. My name is Victor Hess, and I am so happy to be here with you. Pastor Jeff is enjoying a holiday, and he deserves it. He's out on the West Coast, so we wish him safe travels. Um, please sign the attendance register that you that is in each pew. Um, note new times, and I think with the uh, messages that we had up there, I hope you were looking at them. We're going to have new times starting next Sunday. We will have Sunday school at 9 a.m., hospital um, hospitality time at 10 a.m., and worship at 10.30. So it's almost like, you know, setting your clocks back. Um, next Sunday, bring your coins, coins for missions. Don't forget that. And then um, it's never too early to plan. Julie, do you want to... Is there anything you want to describe about that? Are you talking about the September session yes. that we're going to have? Yeah. Um, open to anybody. So please in, invite anybody else you want to come. We're going to just talk openly about advanced directives. And I'm hoping that um, as you leave, you'll feel way more confident in knowing what the purpose of a living will a durable power of attorney is, and also here in the state of Ohio, the difference between all of the do not resuscitate or the DNR orders. So just going to have a casual open discussion. I'm just hopeful everybody who attends is going to go home with a little bit more knowledge on the subject. Thank you, Julie. And it's Kit Time Festival for Sharing Time is here. So there's directions for school kits um, out in the narthex. So please pick those up. They're going to be due September 24th. Um, also, please note that we've got two new opportunities about sharing faith and building community. One is meet and eat, and out in the back you will find that there is uh, sign-up sheets uh, for people who want to host um, meals and learn about each other and share your faith. Also, we're looking for volunteers for a hospitality team to assist uh, for a hospitality uh, period of time right after Sunday school. Have you heard about the garage sale? In the bulletin, you will find an opportunity to sign up for if you have any items that you want to give to the garage sale. Um, we're picking, we're receiving them here at the church. Uh, I think Wednesday and Thursday, right? Is that correct, Bob? Thursday and Friday, I'm sorry. Uh, so watch uh, in your attic, watch in your garage, and see what you have there that you want to bring for that. Um, you can fill out the form in the bulletin or just contact Rob Witt. Um, also looking for volunteers for Wednesday for tables, is that right? Okay. And volunteers for moving things. So contact Bob Whip if you've got any time that you can devote to this and that you can help out there. The garage sale runs from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday evening, September 8th. 
and will continue Saturday morning, September 9th from 9 a.m. until 12 noon. Also, items, as I was saying, items can be dropped off at the Community Center Thursday, September 7th from noon to 8 or Friday, September 8th from 9 a.m. to noon. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship now. Thank you. 
take me a second after that one. So please rise as you are able for the call to worship. It is printed in your bulletin. Give thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to the Lord. Let the faithful sing of the Lord's awesome power. And please standing for our, please stand for our opening hymn, God whose love is reigning o'er us, printed or in your hymnals, uh, number one hundred. Please note we're going to be singing verses one, two, then four and five. Join me in our opening prayer, printed in your bulletin. Great I am, you come to us in unexpected ways. Excite our curiosity that we might turn aside and realize we are standing on holy ground. Appear to us in fire and wonder that we might see worlds beyond the reaches of our imaginations. Reveal the glory of your kingdom. 
where love is genuine, where evil is forsaken, where mutual affection abides, and hospitality is shown to strangers, where all are made one. Amen. And can I please have the children come forward for a a quick children's sermon? struggle with this thing. I'm glad it worked today. Hello, guys. How are you? What would you say if I said to you, OH? What would you say back? Let's ask these people. OH! Very good. Yesterday was the first day of Ohio State football this year. And I don't know about you, but Doug, my husband, really likes the Buckeyes, so I have to watch them with him. So it might be that I kind of like them too. I noticed something in the game, though. I noticed there were these people on the field who did not have helmets on. They did not have pads on. They didn't participate in the plays. They were in black and white and had whistles and hats and yellow flags. Do you, do you guys watch football? Do you know what that's about? What are they, guys? They're the they're the refs. And so if somebody does something wrong, if they break some of the rules, the refs blow the whistle, they throw that yellow flag, and they say, shame, shame, shame on you, and they back them up. All right? Here is what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that God is not my referee. He doesn't treat me like that. He made me feel like all, every single one of us and said, you know what, when you mess up, All I want you to do is tell me that you messed up and ask for forgiveness. And then I get to go on. So it would not be a good football game if we didn't have the rules and have the refs. But I certainly am glad that God doesn't treat me like that. That he gives us that out. That we all have that out. That we can ask for forgiveness and then go forward. And he will bring it to us. So let's say a quick prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the the rules that you give us, and especially for the rule that if we mess up, we just need to ask for your forgiveness. Amen. All right, I do have treats for you too. And if you guys want to go ahead and get to our um, prayer hymn, Lord, I Want to Be a Christian, it is hymn number 402.
Please bow your heads in prayer. O Lord, we wait for you to come again into our midst. Sometimes we wait patiently and sometimes not. We are always aware of how much the world needs you. We pray today for those in our church and community who need your healing and comfort. We pray for persons in leadership locally and across our country that together we might make wise decisions. We pray for brothers and sisters around the world whose lives are torn apart by war or oppression. We pray for all who are persecuted for witnessing to your love. We pray knowing that you are with us now and that you will strengthen us to keep alert, to keep the faith, to keep working for the time when Christ will come again to surprise us anew with love and justice on earth. And now let us join our voices in the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Will the ushers please come forward?
please join me in our prayer of dedication printed in your bulletin. Lord of all mercy and compassion, bless these gifts lovingly offered and all the people here. Help us to use these gifts for ministries of hope through our church and into our community, nation, and world. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading from today is taken from the uh, book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And it describes the marks of the true Christian. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not replay, repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. And next, if you can open your hymnals to... Um, uh, Hymn number 581, we are going to be the ministry of music today and sing Lord Whose Love Through Humble Service.
The title of my message is Coming Home. It's very real to my wife and I. The Apostle Paul was in Corinth when he wrote his letter to the Roman Church. And according to William Barclay, a New Testament scholar, and based on other letters that Paul had written, he always wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to preach there. If your Bible at home has maps in it, there's always one showing the path of Paul's three journeys. According to Barclay, Paul needed to travel so he could preach the gospel to yet more people who had not heard his message. He would preach, teach, and write letters to a growing list of new churches. In these five verses of today's scripture, Paul offers his people in the Roman church with 12 concise rules for ordinary, everyday life. So I'm reading from Romans chapter 12. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never lag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and practice hospitality. My first experience with a church that practiced hospitality was during the sixth grade. Now I'm reaching back. And this was my church in 1957, Trinity Methodist Church. It was then that my mother instructed me to attend church every Sunday and take my three-year-old sister with me. She told me to go to Sunday school and then stay for church. My mother was divorced a single mother, and worked hard to take care of us. She worked at Buck's Drug Store next door to the Xenia Hotel and did alterations at night and Sundays. When my sister and I were at church, it was the only time my mother ever had to herself. And she explained it to me once. All I want is a little peace and quiet. That continued for seven years when I went to Central State for my freshman year of college and then on to Ohio University. I'm afraid that I was not prepared for college life. While there, I made the mistake of ignoring the church and then actually totally forgetting the church. I had a job with the university that took me away from the classroom too often. There were other distractions there and errors in judgment that ultimately left, led to an embarrassing failure and my being drafted into the military, yet another journey. But it was in that military experience that I rediscovered the church, or perhaps it rediscovered me. I lived in Maryland, and it was during the Vietnam War 
which was so unpopular that we were instructed to wear civilian attire whenever we would go into Washington, D.C., just because of the protests that were going on then. There I spent three years instructing NATO troops with disarming missiles and bombs and other explosive devices during the week and teaching sixth graders in Sunday school off base on weekends. After a few years and as we pulled out of Vietnam, I was discharged and came back home to Xenia. The church in Xenia wasn't quite the same as when I left. First, it was brand new. Some of my friends had moved away. Others were still in the military. Some married college sweethearts and found new homes. But there were plenty left here to keep the church looking welcome to me. And it was here that I met Melva, the strength of our family. This photo was taken 50 years and nine days ago at our wedding. For six years, we taught Sunday school here, sang in the choir, and attended other activities. When I was offered a new job that would take my family from Ohio cornfields to New Orleans and sugarcane fields, away from Xenia and this church, we pondered the prospect. One evening, we were with friends at a Bill and Gloria Gaither concert in Dayton, along with thousands of attendees who were moved by Don Francisco singing, I've got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. And then there was Sandy Patty singing, We Shall Behold Him. Two amazing songs that would make anyone want to serve anywhere God calls them. And then there it was, right after the intermission. No lyrics, just the band playing When the Saints Go Marching In. And we were sure God had just sent a message for me to take that job in New Orleans. It was an odd time in New Orleans. Oil jobs were moving to Houston, and the New Orleans Saints were called the Aints. But it started a 20-year journey where we lived either in Louisiana, Texas, or in, back in Columbus, Ohio. And in no particular order, we learned about disciple Bible study and facilitated nearly 300 two-hour sessions in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, and Slidell, Louisiana. At Reynoldsburg, we learned that there was a larger community called Emmaus and became part of it. In Slidell, Louisiana, we guided the sixth graders through confirmation. As we taught confirmation to the sixth and seventh graders of the church, more than once we were given curricula that included John Wesley's three simple rules. First, do no harm. Second, do all the good you can. And third, do all you can to stay close to God. Later, as I began my career as an author, these simple instructions were inspirational to each of my five books. And you'll find these simple rules in each of them. In my second book called Jesse's Hope, 12-year-old Jesse Hall, after learning Wesley's three simple rules, 
wonder if that is all that is needed, just 22 words. When you're young, there are reasons to keep things simple. As Melvin and I led confirmation classes, we watched kids learn about the other religious beliefs by visiting Catholic and Jewish services and fielded their questions about how to become a saint and why would you start reading from the back of a book like the Jewish congregation did in the synagogue. Then we watched the kids wash each other's feet by candlelight and were amazed by the reverence they shared of the simple ritual taught by Jesus Christ. And then we shared in and discussed the Seder feast and that fateful evening nearly 2,000 years before. And they understood. And I thought, we need to keep doing this. This is the future of the church. In 1996, our journey brought us back to Ohio for a short time. And we settled in Reynoldsburg, found the Methodist church there, and became active in choir. And we, re we were recruited to facilitate disciple Bible study. Through members of our class, we were invited to attend Emmaus gatherings once a month, which were spirit-filled ecumenical services, each month full of music and testimony. After a few months, a friend invited me to actually go on a walk, an Emmaus walk which is a weekend retreat with other men or women, if you were a woman, where you discuss your faith, pray about your commitment to your faith, and ultimately dedicate time to, to contemplate how you did and how you can improve. It has a discussion guide that reminded me of the 22 questions the members of John Wesley's Holy Club would ask themselves each day to test that they were walking the talk. We were encouraged to review our spiritual life, including morning devotional prayers, worship opportunities, communion and spiritual growth. Did we study the Bible regularly? Did we read other religious publications? Did we attend Bible study? And Sunday school, did we walk the talk in our family, work, community, and church? We had a card with a cross on the front with these words, Christ is counting on you. The beauty of our journey is that wherever we lived, the church was there. Thanks in large to the Apostle Paul and others. My journey away from home was becoming an odyssey, and it was time for us to move on. So we moved from, Ohio, from Reynoldsburg back down to Louisiana, where the grandkids were. Paul wanted to be sure that his advice would cover all situations, especially ones that he had seen challenge other new churches. So he added a few more rules about our relationship with our neighbors. Again, from Romans, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. 
Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I was glad that this verse was in the lectionary for today because it caused me to reflect on how the church that Paul and the apostles had sown so long ago was still alive and spreading the goodness of Christ today. In 2005, we had been back in Louisiana for three years when Hurricane Katrina went over our home in Slidell, destroying a part of it and inundating our church with six feet of water. Even four miles away from Lake Pontchartrain and the lake had risen that high. As we searched for contractors to repair our house, our church was being cleaned and rebuilt. Each week, two church groups from some other state would camp in our gym for up to a week and venture into New Orleans and surrounding areas, helping us and the surrounding neighborhoods clean up. More than once, we would be at our church and see friends from other churches where we had attended in Ohio and Texas. Where there is a need, the church responds. Finally, two temporary classrooms showed up in our parking lot, and we moved our sixth graders into a clean classroom. While Melvin and I spent two days getting the classroom ready, as we cleaned out drawers in the classroom, my wife held up some pages from one of the drawers. You are not going to believe this, she said. I stared at the paper she was holding, and there, clearly on the front of the church bulletin, was the name Reynoldsburg United Methodist Church, the church we had just left in Ohio. It was an awesome reminder of how our church is connected. I wonder where that classroom went once we were finished with it. In 2014, we were still in Louisiana, and I felt moved to write a short history of my life so that my kids would know about my childhood in a single-parent home. As I remembered and wrote and remembered some more, I relished those memories, the Sunday school teachers, my confirmation, MYF, friends, not just friends, but friends for life. These were rich memories of my coming of age. So here we are, back to 1957 and my church, Trinity Methodist Church. And it's no wonder this church I attended in the 50s is a setting in most of my books. After completing my third book, my writing made me miss home.
Now coming home is a new story. A year ago, on a cold winter morning in January, we were greeted by Pastor Andy Wagner and his son and a few others who helped us unload boxes and furniture into our home. This had been arranged by Stephanie Blackburn. She showed up later with Subway sandwiches for us. That's Stephanie. When I showed up for choir, there were members there who had not forgotten me, even after being away 40 years. We started going to Sunday school, and there I was invited by Wayne Cook and John Shear to join them in a faith group. This is a group of men who each year raise money through projects like the garage sale. Did we talk about the garage sale? For amazing Xenia charities focused on feeding and clothing the less fortunate. Money is not the only thing they raise. The garden project yields hundreds of pounds of fresh food that is distributed to those same charities. Then there are shoes for the shoeless arranged by the women of the church. And even more, there is the faithfulness of the church regarding apportionments and support for the United Methodist Committee on Relief, UMCOR, you know it as that, whose instant response to worldwide emergencies is legendary, a very comforting place to come home to. All of this was pleasing. It was as if Paul had just written that same letter to this church in Zeno, Ohio, that he wrote to the Romans with those simple instructions, contribute to the needs, practice hospitality, feed the hungry, overcome evil with good. I learned how this church continued its mission through COVID, through challenging leadership, and through worldly challenges to its principles. Paul warned us about such things, but his solution was not to leave the church. His solution was to continue to tell the true story. Let me quote from William Barclay's commentary on Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul had seen too often what harm and trouble could be caused by wrong ideas, twisted notions, and misguided conceptions of Christian faith and belief. He therefore wished to send to the church in the city that was the center of the world a letter which would so build up the structure of their faith that if infections should ever come to them, they might have, in the true word of Christian doctrine, a powerful and effective defense. He felt that the best protection against the infection of false teaching was the antiseptic of truth. In a sense, this applies to us, first in our family, then in our church, and as we teach our children the truth of the gospel early, as we share our beliefs with as many people as we can and constantly seek counsel from the Holy Spirit, to discern God's truth, then we are continuing Paul's journey and his zeal in spreading the word of Christ. We become that very letter that Paul wrote. And the churches here 
for all to see our faith in action. And I tell you, it is so good to be home. Amen. Now please turn in your hymnal to our closing hymn, number 399. Take my life and let it be. Please stand if you can. to be part of the sending forth today planted in your bulletin is a responsive reading now go and live peacefully with others honor what is just go in peace with the blessings of god father son and holy spirit amen